Okay. We seem determined, determined to start at 9.15. <laughs> I know it, I know it. Good morning. Good morning. Okay. See if you can join in with me on this. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. And he will be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. Its leaf doesn't wither. And whatever he does will prosper. The wicked are not so, but are like the chaff the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. The first psalm, a psalm that, like so many others, exalts this way of the Lord as something that brings satisfaction, as something that is lasting, that has deep roots and foundations that produces good things. And this is a psalm, really, when you think about it, it does have an element of accusation against the wicked in it, but there's also an element of just a comparison. Do you realize that this way of the wicked is quicksand? This way of the wicked doesn't last. It gets blown away. It cannot... It can't stand. So there's an element for us of, as we've talked about before, if we're talking about social justice, and if justice and righteousness are so bound up together that they are the two sides of the same coin, then... It seems to me a couple of things. And by the way, this is going to be a participation class this morning. Because after, after I get through this little preamble, we're just going to, I want us just to talk. Um, but it seems to me that what's being talked about is things that can be observed. Things that can be observed. When, when Paul writes in Romans 1 and he's describing, he's describing sinners, people who, are, who have allowed themselves to become beasts, basically. They have departed so far from God that they are like beasts. I've been bestial in my life. And you have too. And the point is, there's no future in it. There's no joy in it. There's no satisfaction in it. There is, 
no lasting value in it. It may all seem good at the time. When I rear up and, 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 and hate my neighbor in the car when they're not driving to please me. And they may actually be driving badly. They may actually have cut me off and almost run me off the road. But the point is, I can become bestial in that situation. And the point of this psalm, of Psalm 1, is among many points, what do people observe? Do they observe a big, leafy, green, thriving tree which is what the body of Christ is supposed to be, it seems to me. A big, thriving, green, leafy tree. That delights in the law of the Lord and stands as stands as sort of the polar opposite of this way of life that the world has always tended to slide toward, that grabs the gusto. You, most of you in the room are too young to remember those commercials. Grab for all the gusto. Beer commercials have introduced more bad ideas into the world than probably anything other than a Hardee's commercial. Um, but the point is this, this immediate gratification. It's not let's, let's plant, let's till, let's water, let's feed in this. It's let's not just take all the fruit off the trees in this field. Let's cut the trees down and make something that we'll enjoy right now, but won't last. So we're talking about ways of life. Social justice is righteousness. It can't be anything else. And it is always by God's standard. The, the Scripture is shot through with it. We spent however many months we spent in Isaiah, and a theme running through it is you have rejected this. You have bought into the zeitgeist, which is the spirit of the age. You've bought into this. You like it. You think it's the way to go. And you like the folks who are telling you it's the way to go. You like worshiping your government instead of God. You like participating in sex-saturated worship. You like this. You think this is good. You follow these people who say that this is good, that God just wants us to be happy. That's all God wants is He just wants us to be happy. God is a God of love. And he doesn't want me to have too high a hill to climb or anything like that. That would be 
That would be hard. Yeah, yeah. Bad as well as yeah. Bad. And, and see, the interesting thing is that twists something that's true. I think God says repeatedly that my way of life is deeply joyful. It's joyful in a different way than most people count joy. Joy is a flash in the pan for most people. And I need to have continuous flashes. The whole, the whole thing needs to be, you know, a never-ending fireworks show. Rather than this slow burn of embers. I guess for me, that's the, that's the, the image that gets in my mind. That campfire that it's not raging. It's not, you know burning holes in my polyester jacket. It's, it's just, it's, it's burning steady. It's, it's burning steady. It's a way of life that is deeply satisfying and it contrasts deeply with ways of life that look good for a season and then burn out. And I think, first and foremost, that psalm is saying, look like that tree, church. Because it's talking to the Old Testament church. Look like that tree, church. Look like this thriving tree that's set right where it needs to be so that its roots have everything they, everything they need. And it brings fruit that other people can enjoy. And we know God judges the entire earth. We know that He is the only, the only source of righteous judgment. We know He's the only source of right and wrong. The question is, do we believe that? Do I believe that? Or do I believe in this, in this bifurcated world where... There's a standard of right and wrong that through democracy we determine, and then there's a standard of right and wrong that I talk about on Sunday. Oliver, Oliver O'Donovan, Irish, Irishman, said, within every political society there occurs implicitly an act of worship of divine rule. You think about that. I drove a lot this week, and I was listening to sermons as I, as I drove, and, and one of them brought that very point up. And I had just read this, and I thought, wow, the Lord is, is, is in this. Because he said, where is our first, where does our mind go when a disaster happens? Does our mind go to falling on our knees before God, asking for His forgiveness for if, 
asking for his help and aid, asking him to empower us to be his hands and feet and all of that? Or is it FEMA or whatever, in this particular case, a government agency? And this was not a political sermon. It was just, where's my mind going in this thing? Where's my mind going in this thing? What's my first thought? Because that's where we have our opportunities to evangelize. That's sort of where this whole, the whole idea of this class came from. It is to declare the glory of God to the nations. It is to be the body of Christ. Not in a euphemism, but in actuality. To look like Christ. To think like Christ. To act like Christ. And what did Christ act like? He acted like a God follower. Christ acted like a God follower. He was humble. He said, I'm going to listen to what God says. He's the second Adam. He did it right. So, with that bit of preamble, do you guys have any thoughts? What, what things have you... What things have come to you as we've talked about this? What, what ideas have stuck in your head? Or what problems have you had as we've talked through this? What, what, what things have bothered you if, if there's been any of that? Don't everybody talk at once? Yes, Pat. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm telling you, these are challenges for me. The thing, virtually everything I've talked about has been a personal challenge for me. Almost every aspect of this. Whether it's been showing up for work, determined not to move the boundary stone of my, of my deal with my employer by not selling my labor to him fairly. By wanting him to do his part, but me not doing my part. There have been every, everything on this list 
I have been a lawbreaker in. Everything. Now, I might not have been a continuous, habitual lawbreaker, but I've been a lawbreaker. We are all lawbreakers. There is, however, good news. Because the Spirit of God writes the law in our heart. And the way we know that is when we realize that we're a lawbreaker. That's the good news. When I walk in the light, I can see the shadow. When I'm walking away, it's all darkness. I can't tell right from wrong. Yeah. Against his culture, against the way he raised. And I'm not talking about the culture in a huge sense. I'm talking about the little micro culture that he specifically has been raised in, what he's been taught through that culture. And almost all of it's wrong. Yeah. Some of it's good. Yeah. We've been taught respect and stuff that's supposed to be. There's an awful lot of damaging stuff that almost has to be 180 degrees. Sure. Well, the people you're competing against, the basis for that competition a lot of times, the you know, all of that stuff. We're marinating in something or another. We're always marinating in something or another. And what's the central message of that song? His delight is in the law of the Lord, and on it he meditates day and night. This stuff hits me now like it never hit me before. Because I've been thinking about it more. I've spoken about it for years. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, it isn't fair. It isn't fair. And that's just one area where it isn't fair. And, 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 and in this case, fairness is justice. It is, it is favoritism. It is favoritism of one group versus another. Uh, and particularly in this particular situation, it's, it's weirdly enough, it's favoritism of medical providers and insurance companies and not the insureds that have those policies from the, that, that have those medical providers and those insurance companies. And I could go on and on and on and on and on and on and on about that because I've, I speak about it and I, and I basically refer to myself as an equal opportunity offender because I have benefited financially from that arrangement for years without even realizing I was. And that's the thing. That's one of the central things. If we're delighting in the law of the Lord, I, I firmly believe that we start seeing those things more readily than we will see them if we just bounce along the bottom of life and just only if something crosses our path specifically and it's aimed at us and we don't like it and we want to push back. That's where most people... All of a sudden, let's go to Scripture and find out if they, if they even think to do that. Or maybe the government ought to do it, which is kind of where we started. Who, who, who is our, you know, sort of who is our God in this situation? Uh, there ought to be a law. No, there ought to be righteousness and justice, and people should see these for what they are. Not just in that realm, but in a, but in a lot of others. And the whole bargain there is partially be created because we have seen the culture erode and people not feel that they needed to keep their, keep their word, keep their agreements. That people who could have bought insurance didn't buy insurance because they didn't want to forego something else in order to have that coverage, and then they go in and they want, and they want the, the facility to write it off, which means the facility's got a big financial loss that they want to put on somebody else. See, So just in that one realm, we see all that. We talked about it a little bit in terms of you know, the, the, the financial meltdown. Why did that happen, specifically in housing? market. What happened? Well, we created, you know, favoritism. We created favoritism with, in some senses without even realizing it. And then once, that, once these things become entrenched, once they become part of the framework under which everybody's operating, you've made all these decisions, you've made all these plans, you've got, you've got assets tied up, money tied up, education tied up, you're, you're in it. You are, you are you are part of the weave. And then it becomes sacrificial to do something about it. Taz and I were talking in the corner room one, one morning. You know, I am personally dealing with whether this year I am going to take my interest write off or not on my mortgage. We've got a little mortgage. But person in an apartment doesn't get a write-off. The guy who owns the apartment does. 
because the building industry and the and the realtors and the you know uh, building supply people wanted to encourage this sort of thing for all the right reasons, good reasons, you know, supposedly, uh, rather than letting things happen organically, they decide we got to pour a little gasoline on here and and throw a match on it. And the problem is, it's that is the chaff that the wind drives away. The thing, I guess, for me, it's as I meditate on the law of God, I'm starting to, I'm starting to actually realize some of those things. I'm starting to ferret out. It's so deep now. It's driven so deep. It's so fundamental to so many different relationships. And it's not just economic at all. Not just economic. It's, it's woven throughout. We were talking about it this morning. Most, most kids, my, my own kids' age, don't think it's a bad thing for people who are committed to each other to live together. Pretty normal.
father and John don't mean that I've always had it ever present in my mind I have two wonderful parents who raised me and my brother and my sister which I, which I am the I'm the youngest of five but we were raised in church there wasn't a question no matter what your life was like the night before church or the Saturday night and, or whether you were going to go to church on Sunday my dad said it's time to get up boys and that was the last word he would say he would just want to hear your feet on the floor and, hear you, and see you moving That's the way my wife and I tried to raise our children. And why things became what they became, I don't know. But I was just thinking the other day, just a, three or four days ago, that um, why me, Lord? What did I do? didn't I do to deserve the situation that I'm in? And I thought about that and thought about that and the more I could think about it is you know, and I think I'm a, in fact I know I'm a pretty evil guy to get along with and I'm always looking to help somebody. Now I need help. Why wasn't the Lord helping me? And anyways, the other day, it just became like a light popped in my brain. I wasn't what I was supposed to be. I wasn't humble enough when I felt other than me that I looked at myself as a giver as opposed to a taker. And until you've done that, just put your hand out. You can't imagine what it does inside you. Because I've never been taken. But I've been knowing Deborah and Gary for a number of years at the Y. An acquaintance. Didn't know them. Never been to their home. We hadn't been out to eat anywhere together. Mm -hmm. And but one thing led to another. And they invited me to come here to attend church. They just do little smatterings and minute parts of what was going on in my life. They didn't they had no really no clue what was going on. But I found out the other day, and I'm saying the other day, yesterday, after having spent a few nights in my car, and you can't leave the engine running right. all night, the lower heat and the lack of movement of air to keep the radiator. 
okay. <laughs> I don't think it would be fun even if you were 20 years old. Well, I'm going to tell you, the night before last, I got so cold. And then I got colder when I we, we left over temperature, 140 degrees. But Deborah had told me how this congregation knew the going on. I didn't generally guess. Mm-hmm. Oh, God in heaven did. And then I thought, gosh, Rick, you can't do that. You just, you know, you don't know those folks and you, 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 you Fringing on them and going in God's house as a, as a beggar, and you don't like going there to begin with, and everything that I could do to discourage myself, but I kept driving until I got here. And I sat outside for a few minutes. By that time, my car was warm, and it was uh, much easier to tolerate, but I knew in a few hours it wasn't going to be that way. But I finally talked myself into coming in. And I can't be here now. To explain my gratitude for y'all being there. You had no idea, no more than I did, that I was going to be here yesterday morning and this morning. But because you were here, God placed me here, placed me at the wife and get to know Gary and Deborah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know he was paying attention. I'm sorry? I said, you know he was paying attention. He was paying attention. And there's a and I've probably said it six times, I've said it ten times in the last twenty four hours. Be attentive. I'm so grateful that my God is there. Even as needy as I was, I still don't deserve his love. I'm imperfect. I'm, I'm a human. I'm, I make so many mistakes. And after I make them, I think, Dad, started, why did I do that? Or why did I act that way? But I am so glad. I don't know all of you, and even the one. Even the ones that I've met, some of you have the same name, and I'm really confused. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so uh, it may take me a while <laughs> well, and to overcome that habit. You have been a uh, you've been a wonderful way to sort of end this class in a sense. There, there. Just two or three things that you said that just resonated with me personally. First of all, we are all beggars. Um, before God. Uh, and we try to remind ourselves here that we are. Um, that if we do any good, and I said this last week, and this is something that is, that is really <coughs> something we need to always resist. And that is, this isn't Forest Home looking good. This is Jehovah God looking good. 
if, if there's anything good that happens. And we live in a disordered world. We live in a world where people die prematurely. We live in a world where, just like Israel, we don't marinate in the law of the Lord. And often we don't even realize that we're off the tracks. We can't even recognize when there's evil being spoken sometimes, often. And so our lives become disordered, every one of them. I was way too, I thought I was pretty intentional, but I was way too passive as a, as a father. Lois was the center of our household in many, many ways. That's disordered. I was supposed to be the family priest. And I did it some, and I did it a little, but I, wasn't, I didn't have alarm bells going off in my head when I wasn't being because I wasn't meditating day and night on the law of the Lord. See, that's the grace of this. The curse of the law are the consequences for ignoring the way the universe was created. The curse of the law is not the law. The curse of the law are the consequences of ignoring it. So, as we go forward, and we'll spend once... The Costello clan gets back. We'll, we'll spend uh, two or three weeks talking more about, one, how, how do we, what are we doing? Are, how are we encouraging each other in godliness? Are we encouraging each other in godliness? That's not walking around with a clipboard and a checklist. That's saying, have you been in the law of the Lord this week? Did you, did you talk with your kids about it? You know, I've got to, now that I'm convicted in that, I've, I've got to go back. I'm circling back with my children in areas that I feel like I neglected. And I want to make really sure that I'm encouraging my son and my son-in-law, and now the new son-in-law coming, that they be family priests. For their own health, for their own joy, for their own good, because it is like a big green leafy tree. Even if a hurricane blows through, that tree isn't going anywhere. That one's not going anywhere. It's got deep roots, and it's got all the subterranean uh, uh, nourishment that it, that it needs. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
Yeah. That's the thing. We do have a redeemer, and he can redeem anything, and he does redeem anything. The, the, the thing that, and, and that we have to know as well. This is not, that's the neat thing. The Spirit of God is not an accuser. Satan is an accuser. The Spirit of God is an encourager. A Spirit of God is there to say, you are walking, Jim, toward a cliff. The you cannot suspend the laws of gravity. That's what the Spirit of God is, is doing. And then he is encouraging me. He's saying, I'm here. I am standing beside you. That's what the word means. I'm standing beside you. I am ready to equip you. I've heard Frank say this many, many times. And it's finally getting through to me. All the equipment is available. God's standing there ready to pour out His Spirit to create revival and to make green parched dry lands. Amen. Amen. We're glad that God brought you among us, Cliff. You know, you, his spirit was moving. He was always paying attention. And he's now showing that, and he brought you here for us. You're not, you're not just a taker, you're a giver. And that's the cool thing. Is that's what God wants of us. He wants us to be takers because we are needy. But then out of what he supplies, he wants us to be givers. So there was a lot of gospel in this, and we are done. Thank you all. Yeah, read this. Amen. 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 Since there are no kids, let's pray real quick. Holy righteous God, I don't want those to be just words. You are holy. And you are righteous. And you are so good all the time. You are so patient. And you bear with us in our weakness and you know that we are dust. And yet, 
You've made us in your image. You've equipped us. You have given us all things for life and godliness so that your glory will be declared in all the earth because you deserve it, not because you demand it. And you do watch over us all. Your eyes are everywhere at all times. And you care about those wicked that you're watching as much as you care about those righteous that you're watching. And we know that there is no one righteous other than Christ, and that's why only in Him can we be seen as righteous. And we are so thankful for that. Thankful is too small a term, Lord. Help us to be overwhelmed by how good you are and how you supply. And we thank you for Cliff this morning and his testimony to your faithfulness even in a hard time. And Lord, we pray uh, for him and in his situation and with his kids. And Lord, we pray that you will heal breaches and that we can, um, that we can be family to him as you allow us. And uh, Lord, just watch over us. Help us to seek your way, your will, as we rise up and as we sit down, as we walk along the way. In Jesus' name, amen.